0: with victor pacheco hello and welcome to poppycock podcast with your host victor pacheco we got a very special show for y'all today but before i introduce him i just wanted to announce that poppycock podcast has our first official sponsor and that's long beach comedy which takes place at harvell's in long beach california every tuesday at 8 p.m it's the longest running weekly comedy and burlesque show since 2015 long beach comedy provides top quality shows with the best up-and-coming and and professional comedians in the country with celebrity drop-ins with comedians you've seen on comedy central hbo max showtime bet nbc dry bar hulu and world series of comedy winners so you never know who'll show up And now let me tell you about the burlesque portion of the show. Well, it's amazing with Lolita Burlesque taking the stage every Tuesday with sexy and titillating award winning performances. And each week they have special guest award winning burlesque dancers as well. We had our first centerfold by Playboy Burlesque dancer recently. So, you know, we ain't fucking around. This show is the best kept secret in town with crazy drink specials and is a true underground show that is literally under the streets of Long Beach. This show takes place every Tuesday at 8 p.m. And only two things have ever stopped the show. Natural disasters and Ricky Martin shooting a music video. For more information, please go to longbeachcomedy.com and make sure to follow on Instagram at Long Beach Comedy. All one word. You can catch me, Victor Pacheco at Long Beach Comedy at Harvel's in Long Beach every second and fourth Tuesday of the month with new material. So come through and let's party. 21 and over only. Must have valid photo ID. We hope to see you soon. And without much further ado, let me introduce to you a very special comedian, very funny comedian, very, very generous comedian that I am proud to call my friend, Mr.
1: Jack Jr. What's Thank up? You. Dude, that was a long... <laughs> how long was that ad bro
0: okay to be honest with you it was like at least 90 seconds 90 but it was it was a hard 90 seconds because i said it was two paragraphs but well, was a, said,
1: and you were struggling you were out of breath at one point <laughs>
0: uh- <laughs> I'm always out of breath, Jack. I'm always out of breath. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I was. I was. And I was just like, okay, don't look at Jack. I don't know if he's making uh, faces right now. But my point <laughs> being. <laughs>
1: oh, was I- oh were you guys, was I on live on, uh, when you were saying all oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, baby. So if you're making frowny faces.
1: We'll- <laughs> <laughs> I was in my hair. I just uh, didn't give uh, it.
0: No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, though, because like we recently, and all oh, for the record, this is coming out tomorrow so yes yes so i want to say this past friday uh i was actually at the ha ha comedy club performing for my first time ever in the main room yeah with the best damn latino comedy Comedy show and you know what let me tell you something that was the best (laughs) damn latino comedy show there was like at least it was like four headliners on the show it was like and nobody everybody did great it was like it was a it was magic bro it was so magic and it was like one of those things where like you you're hilarious like i've seen you do stand-up before i've seen you host before but the thing is bro you are an amazing amazing riffer and crowd worker you are just amazing (laughs) you like seriously bro like like i was i'm cackling trying not to laugh because I'm scared that my cackle is going to make people laugh. (laughs) And so I didn't give a fuck. I just can't, you know what I mean? But I try, I try to suppress, not because I'm a hater. I laugh when I think something's funny. I just don't want people laughing at my laugh because I'm like, (laughs) 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 you know what I mean? And no, seriously, that's how I laugh. And it's like, it's like, yeah, I know it's, it's terrifying, but it's also like, what the fuck? At any rate. So my point, uh, my, my question to you is um, what advice do you have for comedians uh, to be better at crowd work and riffing and being in the moment on stage.
1: I feel like you shouldn't um, care, you know? And like one thing I, I need to work on as a person, not as a comedian, I have no filter. So like on stage, I say whatever the first thing that it just like comes like and it just comes out. Like I have no filter. I've always had that problem whenever I go to like family events, like my sister would be like, Oh my God, my brother, he's a comedian. <laughs> and then, and then I would say something inappropriate always. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a devil in disguise. Like sometimes it's like, it works. Sometimes it's something. Like, oh fuck. I said something fucked up, you know? But what are you gonna do? But I just said, be carefree and um, just have fun. If you're having fun on stage as a comedian, if you're having fun, they're going to have fun and they're going to go with you. I mean, I get away with, I, I get away with calling girls bitches sometimes but not because I call them a bitch. I just call them a bitch. You know, like you're in the moment. You're, you're the in the moment. moment. And you're a fuck. In it's the moment. Just having fun. I say some, yeah, it's just it's have fun. But also, too, if don't be that comedian that's just barely, like, you fucking bitch, and then like <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna work. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, not, that's not, that's not work gonna all, fucking work. You need to you need to really just just be having fun. And if you're having fun on stage, they're gonna have fun with you, you know. And also, too, never apologize on stage. Once you show, like, a little bit of weakness, the crowd turns on you. They go, oh, he's, he's – oh, fuck that. Fuck him. They're like, you know, like, you know, just have fun upstage. Obviously, prepare some material. Don't just go up there and wing it. You know, it takes right. a long time for comedians to just go up there and wing it. I've been doing this for 13 years, and I've always been a shit talker. I've always been uh, joking around. I grew up around cholos, Armenians, Persians, white people. I grew up around Asians. I grew on everybody, so I feel like I have a really good idea <clears throat> about where everyone's from and their, their certain, like, inside jokes or certain, you know, so that, that's what really helps me with my crowd work because I know Filipino stuff because my wife's Filipino. I've, I've dated a bunch of Asian girls, so I know a lot of that. Um, <laughs> I'm Armenian. I speak, I'm from. I grew up in Mexico City, but I, I was raised Armenian in Glendale, so I just, I, I, I kind of, I'm really good at crowd work and, like, that that's a demographic i'm fucking killing it it's white people white people everyone knows about white people because we grew up on freaking full house and seventh heaven you know
0: yeah no no that's a great great answer like really just yeah dude that that's awesome because you, you have to be comfortable on stage in order to be that confident in order to be able to deliver the level of uh, just the, the riffing and the crowd work that you were doing. Like I'm fucking dying. And it's like not one of those times where you're just, you're like, Hey, I'm going to do a joke before I bring you on. And I'm just like, Oh, cool. It's because no matter who went on before me, even if they murdered it, it's like, I ain't going up cold. If somebody before me, they bombed, I ain't going up cold because my boy Jack's coming through with some fucking fire. Yeah. And so and 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 I loved it because like it was just in like not a kiss your ass or anything. It's this I do comedy every fucking night, and so yeah. I don't always see a spectacular hosts.
1: Yeah, you know, I love. I actually love hosting, bro. I love hosting. I know you do. You, you get show the it. You, you get the most. It, you get the most time. You know, and you you're basically if you're a good host, you're the star of the show. Even if the headliner crushes, they're gonna remember you over everyone. So that's why when I put on my shows in L.A., I always host. One thing I hate about when I host. People come out to you after the show sometimes and they're like, oh my God, you're such a good host. When are you going to be a comedian? I'm like, you don't oh understand. Oh my
0: God. Don't yeah, they
1: don't understand. They don't they don't. understand.
0: They don't. They don't. And also, how under You just said that is. You
1: to me. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just said, hey, you know, you were pretty funny for a guy that wasn't supposed to be funny. You just had yeah. to be one of those guys. What? Yeah, no. Totally. Because, but I've also had that too, where I've had the headliner of the show when I was doing a weekend in Sacramento tell me, um, hey, I'll do respect. I never heard of you. I tried to look you up. None of your videos are public. I had no idea who you were. And quite frankly, I'm very su- pleasantly surprised with how good you did. That's host.
1: fucked up. <laughs> that is, right?
0: Isn't that fucked up? Like, no matter how they try to preface it. Who was that, it? Who was it? Ah, uh, it was Edwin. But uh, I'm cool with Edwin. <laughs> I'm cool with Edwin. You, you know what? You know, I'll even, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll put him in the tags. I ain't talking shit. He was that. that one? Edwin San Juan. Yeah. The only Edwin. Yeah. That's why you laughed like you laughed because it was Edwin.
1: <laughs> I have no, I have known, and I've known Edwin since I was 13 years old, dude, dude.
0: So that's like another thing I want to talk about because, you know, you are the son of the comedy club. Um, the right now it's the ha ha comedy club, formerly the ha ha comedy cafe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a couple of questions about that. Uh, who are some of the comedians you saw at the club when you were growing up? that 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 inspired you to get on stage
1: wow that was a good one uh brett ernst
0: great comic great
1: storyteller sebastian Montescalco. sebastian's great very very i'm on my ig live and people are watching about say hi to everybody
0: hey what's up everybody thanks for tuning in to poppycock podcast right now for people listening at home on audio jack is live streaming now on ig live He's Just, I'm only gonna, I'm only
1: gonna live stream the next ten minutes, and then I'm gonna shut oh, off. Oh yeah, 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 brother! Yeah. Can subscribe to the podcast and watch the rest.
0: Absolutely, and I appreciate that, brother. That's like going above and beyond. So thank you. That's I what really we like gotta
1: it. do, bro. That's one thing about. I feel like Latino comics don't help each other out enough,
0: brother. Hold on, I need to put my mic down so I can clap.
1: Right. A lot of lat- a lot of Latino comics don't help each other. I, mean, I think the only one that's really like. I have a list of comics that are really, really, really supportive. Nick Guerra, mm-hmm. Orlando Leba, Eric Rivera, um, and Edwin Lacona from HBO. He, he started a platform for Latino comics, and um, it was great, honestly, because a lot of people tried to do this Latino thing. I mean, it worked back in the 90s with the Que Locos. Remember that?
0: Yeah, heck yeah. I remember got to so, Que Locos. You know, so like, que I Locos. Quite,
1: yeah. So like growing up, I grew up in a comedy club and I, I saw Sebastian Montescalco, Brett Ernst, Brian Callen. Uh, I remember Jeff Garcia was hot back then. Ooh. And uh, Jeff was huge back then. And uh, yeah. he was like everyone was like, oh fuck, Jeff Garcia is here. He, I, remember, I have a, actually I have a funny story about Jeff. <laughs> Jeff used to walk into the ha-ha all the time and comics would be like, fuck, I'm getting bumped. You know, like, just like, fuck, Jeff. <laughs> and he would bump them, right? Yeah, he'd be like, "Man, you got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues, dog. You got to pay your fucking dues." And then one time he was like, he was doing that, and then Damon Wayne's walked in, and Jeff's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and it's moments, it's moments like that as a kid growing up in a comedy club that you learn the mechanics of the comedy club scene. You learn what's what, how to hang out, be be like, be a good hang, uh, don't be a shit talker. Uh be supportive. I learned the bad and the good. And I I honestly left the bad alone. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not saying I was a fucking crazy alcoholic on drugs before, but now I'm like, I, I understand the business, I understand this, I understand, I understand what it takes to have a good show, and it's all been a blessing, you know. I'm watching these guys at a young age. I'm thinking all the guys like Joe Coy, all these guys. I saw Eddie Murphy, I saw Andrew Dice Clay, Steve Harvey, Chappelle, all these guys. From, like, 98 to 2000, 2008, like, literally, like, I just, I was, like, what, 13 years old, and I've been watching comedy since then, and, um, yeah, it's, been, it's wow. been great.
0: Live comedy, because that was my follow-up question. Huh? How old were you when you started going to these shows at, at, at your family's comedy club, 13? I was.
1: Or were you even younger? I, I mean, was, like. I'm, the first show I was at, my dad hired me to DJ. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you th- at that age? I, I, I remember I was at least 10 because I had the Tupac All Eyes, Tupac all eyes on Me. I was I was, DJing ah! a, I was DJing a Black Knight. I was DJing a Black Knight. Nice. I was DJing a Black Knight, and I remember the, the guy, the comedy gave me the CD, All Eyes on Me. And Tupac died in 96. So I'm thinking that came out in 94, 95, so I might have been 9 or 10 years old. I'm, oh there and, I'm there. I'm <laughs> there. And we didn't have a legit DJ booth. It was it was like right on the stage. I was pressing pause and play. And I remember uh Kim Whitley and Buddy Lewis, very well known comedians, yeah. were on stage, and they'd be like, "Yo, Young Jack, yo, cover your ears, my man, cover your ears." <laughs> they were like going in, talking some fucking crazy shit.
0: Yeah, of course. And then sometimes when there's kids in the room it it just messes up the whole dynamic i did a show at a a brewing company which should be 21 and over that's what the rules are and of course in the front row it's a mexican family with a eight and nine year old little mexican girls front row front row and center and so when i so when i and i said fuck it you know what I mean? They didn't they didn't complain about anybody else swearing, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be clean. So yeah. I said, r- repeat after me, cocaina. And then the two little girls repeated, cocaina. <laughs> and it was hysterical. I lost my shit. I started laughing. I lost all composure. I just yeah. laughed. I laughed and I was just like, Okay, listen, if I fall down right now. I'm not faking a heart attack. Please call an ambulance. This is fucking hysterical. I'm like, like, like literally like, like, so like, you know, like kids not being comedy clubs, unless they're working. No <laughs> <laughs> because you were working you were working at 10 you were helping out the family business you had a reason to be there not because somebody couldn't afford a babysitter and they were cool and they were they were lax about you know having the kids there so this isn't really a comparison i'm just saying that it's different to perform in front of kids unless you already know that going into it knowing it's a clean family show
1: yeah, as yeah. opposed
0: to a comedy club show then they look you know to either to the left or to the right and you know there's this 10-year-old boy on stage doing the DJ work it's like, uh-oh. Mm, maybe I shouldn't do that joke about choking out my wife while we're fucking. <laughs> or maybe we should. Jack, cover your ears, little kid. Come on. But anyway, you know, I mean, but that's you know out of respect. But then sometimes it's like, hey kid, you're gonna have to learn, you're gonna have to learn right now. So then, yeah. you know, so either way, I mean, everybody has their own approach, and it's funny, especially, you know, as a comedian, you gotta acknowledge it. You know, a, a waiter or waitress drops a plate. Are you gonna keep going with your jokes? Fuck no, you're gonna fucking talk about how someone's gonna lose their job, you're gonna talk about. <laughs> You're going to talk, talk about how somebody's going to have to wait extra long for the food. And you, And I hope it, wasn't, <laughs> hope it wasn't a fat person because they might leave a shitty review and they better not, you know, so because like I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit at all. So anyway, yeah. So uh, so moving on to um, <laughs> my next interview, uh, my, my next subject is um, you were on the church of what's happening now. And um, at the time, this was years ago. And uh, I asked you on a different podcast on um, Razor Riffs uh, if you being on that podcast, if it changed your career and you said yes. And but here's another thing I wanted to ask about it. And you could talk more about that, too. But um, Joey Coco Diaz personally mentioned that at the time you were solid feature, like really great. But that was years ago. And now you're, you're headlining all over the country. So what advice do you have for features that are trying to transition to become authentic headliners?
1: I honestly think you should stay a feature as long as you can. Stay okay. a feature as long as you can till they say you can't feature no more. That's what I did. Nice. I was, I was featuring for – I remember – <clears throat> I was featuring for a lot of great comedians. But I remember um, – I remember one time I was uh, featuring for uh, – who was I featuring for? Oh, yeah. I was opening up for Marlon Wayans. I think I, I, was, I was just doing a guest spot, I think. I didn't remember. But um, I remember I did so well. Marlon goes, Marlon goes, he <laughs> goes, man, nigga, they ain't come and see you. <laughs> you <They, laughs> gonna save me some. <laughs> you know, because I was up there fucking killing.
0: Oh, dude, I believe it, man. I just but, saw you fucking murdering on Friday, like up from the beginning of the show to the end of the show.
1: Yeah, I just feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like stay a feature as long as you can, because honestly, when you jump to that headliner spot, it sucks for a while. You know why? Because if you don't have the social media following or the fans, yeah, you're in the headliner, but would you want to perform for fucking four people or for a sold out room?
0: Uh, sold out room, obviously. Yeah, so I mean, I mean,
1: pro- yeah, the, the problem with me was um, I was headlining, but I wasn't headlining and selling out rooms and getting door deals and all that. It was more like I would just take whatever they gave me uh, a fucking Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Sunday, never got the prime spots always get the shit money and I take it, but I would go, I would always take the deal. It was shit money. I ended up losing. Sometimes I buy my own flight, my own hotel. I'm only making a hundred to show I'm losing, but I would take t-shirts and merch and that merch and t-shirts. I would build fans, get their information, emails. And then um, with that merch money, I, it would cover my hotel and my, um, my, my flight. So I would take these bum deals, but I would, always break even or make a little bit of profit. That's my advice, guys. Try to stay his featured as long as possible build and don't be that stupid feature that just fucking goes up there and kills it. And then just doesn't give a fuck. He's in the green room, fucking eating, like thinking he's the headliner. No, do what, ask the headliner what he needs. Go get his merch, go set up his merch, go get him a beer, just help him out. Be like the best hangout ever. Get them girls. He wants girls. Go, hey, this girl wants a picture with you. You know, just whatever. Just be freaking like the nicest guy, you know. Yeah. Um, Jesus. and by the way, let me rephrase that. I don't mean, I don't mean get them girls like, hey, get her. <laughs> I meant like like make fans, make connections, you know, like just be a be a like a cheerleader, dude. Be a freaking cheerleader, and you'll get up, you'll get more stage time, yeah. you'll learn a lot from the headliner. And you, you're going into cities that you would never get into. You're meeting the booker, the manager, the agent, all that. You're doing, you're making connections. And that's one thing I did really good at. I opened up for a lot of great comedians. I opened up for uh, Damon Wayne Jr., uh, Jeff Garcia, Brand T. Jackson. Um, what's it called? Uh, David Spade, Craig Robinson. Nice. Um, and I, I learned a lot from these guys. Um, I, Jerry Rocha, Adam Hunter, Greg Wilson. All these guys took me on the road. And I would take, take learn, get learn so much information. Johnny Sanchez, I learned so much from these guys, and it's been a blessing to be able to work with these guys. But after a while, when you do too well, they don't take you on the road no more, and then you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know a little bit, and I, I know, I know, I know about that. I've been um, in that situation before, and unfortunately, it turned into somebody who used to be my mentor to somebody who physically assaulted me. Oh, really by uh, that i'm not friends with anymore
1: oh and, no so,
0: yeah and i don't want to drop names because of legal reasons uh, i'll tell you uh, i could text it to you later but Is he just, a comic? Uh, bay area a uh, uh, bay area comedian so you don't matter even there <laughs> so um <Wow. laughs> yeah but um yeah i mean but, but it's fucked up because like the word I-, I will say this though it's the worst When it's a comedian who knows how fucking hard it is to go on stage, they know how hard it is and how low of wages we get paid for how much sweat and energy and emotion we put into our performances. And so for a comedian who's also producing a show to fuck you over money that they promised you that night, that you have worked with before and that you have booked them and you've never pulled that shit on them before ever ever for years and this fucker did it to me three fucking times i, I was done after the third time I was you should, like, have been,
1: you should have been done after the first time
0: well you know what when you're a young impressionable comedian and you and, and you have a heart where where you want to have you want to be treated a certain way and you know what i learned a lot from that i learned how to take shit i learned i learned that you know i was being bullied And I was made to feel guilty like this guy literally made me feel like shit as his opener because I wasn't being a good friend to him because I wasn't reaching out to venues as his manager or agent to get us gigs where he's the headliner and I'm the opener. And I'm just like, yep. For the record, Jack is giving me this look like, what the fuck did you just say? The and hell? So so yeah. So my yeah, point I want, who is it? <laughs> okay, okay, I, I can't say it. I, I but but literally, literally. Um okay, you gotta I, come
1: on, you have to come on my podcast. I have a podcast called Comedy Club Confessions. I
0: really legitimately like this guy is like off the hinges. I will explain all this shit.
1: Wow, we talk, we talk about we talk about bad bookers, managers, agents, asshole comedians, we tell oh. stories.
0: I, okay well then if it's like that then like okay. you have to
1: you have to it's like okay. it's, a, it's a learning experience we need we need to help each other like we always we always we always tell each other, tell each other the good stuff oh my god i just did reno i just did this club in this, uh, utah you gotta do it how come you don't go hey don't go to freaking springfield missouri like there's this book there he's an asshole he doesn't pay we need we need to help each yeah. other yeah
0: well, in, in that in that respect, I understand what the point of your podcast is, and I respect that. And if I'm ever honored to, uh, and asked to be on your show, I will definitely reveal that. But for my show, I just want to state for the record <laughs> that this guy could suck my spick dick and oh, fuck geez, you yeah. for fucking taking advantage of my kindness. When I was on oh, nothing but love, I was nothing but love. And the people take advantage of that shit. And it, it's fucked up because I work hard and I want people to treat me. Like I treat them. So it's love. I give you the same energy you give me. So that's why I'm always nice to you, Jack, because you're always nice to me. You know, even before even before we met, you were still nice to me. You recognize that oh, you you know, this guy's cool. He's you know, he's over here trying to introduce himself, shake hands, and be a gentleman. You know, that that's, yeah, that's my
1: that's that's how I mean that's how you should be. Uh like like I always give opportunities to people like that on the Latino show. I gave that guy Gibby a, a guest spot because he hit me up. And he hit me up, and he hit me up, and he was, hey, man, I really want to do your show. I go, honestly, bro, you're really green. I don't need you. <laughs> I said, I said, "I said, we already booked up. I said, let me get you on a different show, like maybe a, a showcase, an open mic. But he's like, no, I really, really want to be in the show. I really, like, he, like, he was very persistent. And I said, bro, if you really want to be on the show, sell me 10 tickets. Let me see how, ba- how, how bad you want to be on the show. Bro, he sold 10 tickets in one hour. And I'm like, wow, wow, this guy really wants to be on the show. I said, All right, man, you're on the show. I'm gonna give you the sweet spot. I put him up fucking third. And that he is... did really good, dude. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. did really good. And I was so I was so proud of him. And I honestly, I said, I'll, I'll give you another guest spot, and, and you don't have to bring anybody. That was fucking amazing. And sometimes <laughs> you gotta do that as a comic. Like, my show wasn't a bringer show. Not it was at a, all. That sold, was a sold-out show. Show. Sold out show. show. But I always like giving a spot to a, a guy I've never seen before, or someone that, because, because honestly, no one really did that for me when I grew up. Because everyone thought I was a oh, parents own a comedy club. And the weird thing is, bro, when I first started, I didn't want to perform at the haha ha because my parents were there, and all I was talking about is sex and drugs. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, imagine the- talking about Jesus. sex and drugs in front of your mom and dad. So I never did. I would go to I went to San Diego a lot. I I worked this club called Moondoggies. I would do open mics other places. I right. never went on stage at the Hawk. I still don't go on stage at the Hawk Like everyone goes, you can go up every night. I go, I don't. I work everywhere else. I'm on the road. You know, like it just it just crazy.
0: No, I'm just laughing because it's just like you know, this is behind the scenes, and it's just like, oh, Jack's got it made. But also for the record, Jack worked his fucking ass off that night, and then you had another show after that show that you're it is just like it's never-ending and then you're, you're you're going to you're going to reno tomorrow to, yeah, uh, to to be, uh, where we're going to be at the Laugh Factory. I'm at the Laugh. I'm headlining
1: the Laugh Factory.
0: Headlining Reno. the Laugh Factory. <laughs> not doing <laughs> a guest spot. Not, not opening.
1: It. It. If okay. you guys go to the Reno Airport, I'm on the billboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you better take a good pick, bro. You know, we everyone wants to see that. We're all rooting for you, dude. I want to see.
1: I, I can't wait to see that pick. Someone, someone told me. I just saw you at the airport. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in Glendale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you oh you had no idea you were even on a billboard that no, I had no idea someone just someone texted me oh that's great yeah you got it's, like, self- it's a
1: it's a digital one so like it you know, already left it's gone
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey hey he'll be back he'll be back he'll be yeah. back but uh you know the important thing is that that's that's beautiful man that's that's fucking awesome dude yeah because like like you know I, I, like I said my introduction to you before I moved down here was through the church of what's happening now
1: oh dope, so
0: that was my introduction to you. It's like yeah, man. Yeah, like you know, George- Jack, you know, he's the son of the owners at the Ha Ha, and you know, it's just like, and I, he, but he's really funny though. He, you know, he ain't one of these
1: really little pussies,
0: and I'm just like, <laughs> or however he said it. i uh, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, say anything out of context or misquote, but you know, that was the general vibe of what he was saying, and he's very complimentary. And for the record, he don't put no fucking scrubs on his show, or even okay oh. comments
1: on his show. Yeah. So,
0: for the record, I was,
1: I was so fr- fucking when he called me, bro. Cause I called Uncle Joey. Oh, he's like my uncle, man. I called, I've known Joy for a very long time, and I've called him about advice and just just to say what's up. And he's 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 he left LA. He's, I think he's, in, he's he's in Jersey right now. Um, but he's back, he's back doing comedy again. But I remember when he called me. <clears throat> he called me in the morning, and he's like, "Hey, what are you, what are you fucking doing, cocksucker? You got a fucking bag on you? What are you fucking doing?" <laughs> and, and I'm like, "No, no, I'm I'm just chilling." He goes. Uh, he said, like, what are you fucking doing tonight? I go, nothing. He's like, you're going to hang out with your Uncle Joey tonight. You're doing the podcast. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And I got so excited. I was so happy, bro. I didn't. I, it felt like the first day i of going to school or like a, a, or like a housewarming party. I went to Porto's. I bought cakes and stuff or, to bring over because they get high. I went to Porto's. I got a fucking. Uh, so, oh, no. I got Cuban. I went to Porto's because Joey's Cuban. So I got Cuban stuff for Joey <laughs> uh, I got and fucking Lisa I ate all that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, you know what? He deserves it after all the torturous amounts of THC edibles that Joey
1: practically <laughs> bullied him or peer pressured him. Bro, they taking. were doing so many of those. They wanted to get me to do it. And I said, bro, if I take one, Ooh. one small hit, I'm okay. done.
0: Bro, that would have been an entirely different podcast. If yeah. you even taken even a snippet of like the size of a Rice Krispies yeah. drink, size of that gummy, you would have been, it would have been different. It would have not, that would have been a different introduction to Jack Jr. Yeah. That, I drink, I, I, I drink
1: a half a bottle of Jack Daniels at that, that show. It was a long podcast, dude.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: And you I think me. I was there for like two
0: hours. Dude, and it's unedited. So it's just like, that was a real fucking two hours. Yeah. Or, you know, but, but, but it, it was like, I was like, "Oh shit, that's legit!" Like, like that was. I was like, "I don't, I don't know this dude," but now I feel like I know you. So that's, yeah, the, that's it. Opened
1: a lot of it. Opened a lot of doors with the industry. A lot of people kind of found who I was, and like, "Oh, this guy is funny." And then uh, I actually use it as a credit for like a long time because I tell I, I didn't really have any big credits like comedy credits like that, and that was a huge uh, thank you to Uncle Joey.
0: Well, dude, I still think it's a huge credit, even though it's now uh, Uncle Joey's joint. Yeah, yeah, by by himself solo. You know, without Lisa I at, but you know, it's just but but it's still Uncle Joey. I yeah. call him Uncle Joey. <laughs> See, this is why I can't laugh out loud at comedy shows. So but no man, that's cool, man, because like just just watching that and I felt like I was in the room and I was like, you know what? If I ever have a podcast, that's how I want to do it, you know, free reign, like you know, just have just having a cool talk with somebody who's cool that yeah. I respect the fuck out of, you know. And so, you know, it's just like um there's uh something i've been reading and then you made an announcement yesterday about how tomorrow tuesday you're going to be making tuesday september 20th you're going to be um shooting for um a uh production that you made so i'm going to my notes right here um uh, hold on a second over the last years you've developed into acting and writing and live TV recording for a TV show you created. So this TV show you created, first of all, congratulations. That's great. fucking awesome because, you know, some people every everyone. Oh, I got a great idea for a TV show. All right, cool. They, they write like fucking like two <laughs> sentences and all of a sudden they're a fucking writer. And it's just like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So like you go on stage yeah. and you do like one minute. And you're all of a sudden you're a fucking. Comic, writer. Right. <laughs> right. Or they give you five dollars and an open mic and you're a professional. <laughs> yep. So at any rate, no, no, no. So so my question to you is uh, as a script writer myself, can you help explain the process of going from completing the script to taping?
1: OK, so the show I'm taping tomorrow isn't a, Isn't it? a? It's not a pilot like a sitcom. It's, a, it's an idea, I, I, uh, a show idea I wrote. I can't talk about it because it's not done yet. Okay. But I'm, I'm taping it tomorrow. Um, but, but for script writing, I, uh, I wrote two and a half. I wrote two, two pilots, one in the process. Um, it's something I, I just started doing, bro. I didn't even know I had it in me. I had no idea I had it in me. And um, my buddy uh, Craig Wayne's—I don't know if you know what Craig Wayne's—is he's Marlon Wayne's nephew. Oh wow! He, he was—he uh, wrote Scary Movie one and two. Oh wow! Those yeah, are dude.
0: fucking funny as fuck cool. classics, man. But yeah. With dude. him, him
1: we always—we'd uh, always hang out and we would talk, and we'd smoke. And I don't really smoke, but but he smokes. I smoke like one <laughs> hit. I'm like I'm fucked up, and he's laughing at me. And I would—I <laughs> would just be making him laugh. And then we would—what uh, if we did this, this, and this? And he's like, write it. I go, nah, <laughs> nah. And he's like, come on, Jack, I'll show you to write it. So I got Final Draft on my laptop, and I just started little by little. I did two paragraphs a day. And then I'm like, oh, shit, now I have a fucking scene. Then I did more and more and more. And I just did it little by little by little by little. By little and then I'm like, oh, my God, it's, it's basically stand-up. You know? it's, if you're writing a comedy, it's basically stand-up, and you're adding fat. You know? Jack. In, <laughs> in stand you cut the fat out. In script writing, you add fat jack you're revealing too much about the business <laughs>
0: <laughs> too you much about me. the business no i'm not i'm just kidding i'm oh, serious girl. no 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 i'm just seriously kidding that's why i said it in a, in a voice like i'm like you know come on bro no no that's beautiful dude because like to be to be honest with you that that really you do have to cut the fat for stand-up and then it's like you got to add like these little like Cushy little, yes these little moments instead of like with stand-up it's like cut to the chase we're here live yeah tell your fucking joke now yeah. get to it get to it As, unless you're at a storytelling show then it's like a little bit different but yeah. that's not s- traditional stand-up comedy so but but i meant like so after you finish your script like uh like to to, to get it like like pitched and like accepted and, and then now you're taping it. That's what I was talking about uh, more specifically. Like, is
1: there oh, like a, yes? So basically, yeah. so well, the thing in this business is right now, I'm at a point where I'm not at the Joe Coy Netflix level yet. But if you saw Joe Coy's Netflix special t- on his last special, he mentioned how Netflix didn't want his special. If you see that, he, he called him out on the special <laughs> on Netflix, which ah, is fucking awesome. Savage. He goes, you didn't want it. You guys didn't want it because I shot it anyways, and then I gave it to you guys, and they still didn't want it. And then finally, they wanted it. They took it, but that's the shit I'm talking about. He took a chance on himself. He went broke. He said he shot his special, went broke to like what Andrew Schultz did. He bought his special back. Andrew Schultz. He, uh, yeah. yeah. He, oh yeah. I'm aware he bought, of that. He bought yeah. his special back because they didn't want to put it out there. But it's like these moments you gotta take your own chances. So I've had these ideas in my fucking pocket and waiting for a pitch meeting. Cause I've been in those meetings. I've been in the, and uh, i I've been on those meetings, but like they always go, "What is? Let's just what if you just see where Jack Junior goes?" You know, I had a pilot about my family years ago. Like this is when I first started doing comedy, and it was basically about a a, a reality show. Like uh, it was Keeping Up with the Kardashians meets, meets the George Lopez show, but a reality show. Yeah, it's the Haha ha comedy club. I'm a comedian. My mom and dad run the place. The cook is my fucking aunt. You know, the busboy is my cousin and there's all this family drama, you know? So we okay. thought, and then they go, they go, they like the idea, but where, who is Jack Jr. And what is the so wow. so ah? Okay. I'm like, I'm like, so now freaking 12 years later, I have these ideas now. I'm like, I'm not going to wait for those meetings anymore. I had the money. I'm going to shoot it myself. And then I'm going to walk into these rooms. Here you go. Do you want it? No. Do you want it? No. Then just, that's it. So tomorrow I'm investing in myself. I have this great show idea. It's very, very simple. It's comedy related and it's a competition and it's, uh, it's going to be a game show. So I thought I wrote it. I thought about it and, uh, we're, we're doing it tomorrow. We're shooting it and, uh, hopefully it goes well. That's it.
0: Well, I hope it goes well too, man. And I'm wishing you nothing but success, dude, because you've been really, really professional and and really, really cool with me the whole time, man. And you know, proud to say that you're my friend dude like and i root for my friends you're i'm not jealous guy. of my friends you're
1: a good guy too man i mean, it's just like I've, you know, heard, I, I've heard things about you and you're good and they're all none of them were true
0: <laughs> oh yo you must have been talking about the guy who assaulted me you must have been talking to that guy that that bitch um at any anyway, rate um <laughs> uh what's it called so um let's talk about a festival you created, the the no ho comedy, the no festival. Ho comedy
1: festival, which is great. I'm actually I'm actually going to start talking about it more because I'm bringing it back 2023.
0: Nice, that's awesome.
1: Like, bringing because- it back in 2023. So basically, what happened was, um, I never, I never, I thought, I always thought festivals were bullshit because I, <laughs> I just thought it was, I just thought it was, I just thought it was one bringer show, you know, one big bringer, show. <laughs> like Flappers does that shit flappers yeah. flappers and <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the way I don't play that club but
0: uh <laughs> oh no for the record uh, uh Jack Jack is the the producer of comedy club confessions podcast yeah so just <laughs> yeah, just topic. to get a little taste of the the, the reality of, of stand-up comedy and yeah but, but yeah okay but so I so. feel
1: like I never believed in uh festivals because I felt like what are they really gaining out of it you know like it's just one, 50 comics on one show like it's just no nah. Didn't make sense to me. I went to a festival as industry, and this is this is back in 2017. They a festival in Arizona, the Big Pine Comedy Festival, called me up and goes, "Can you come to our festival as a headliner and as industry?" I'm like, "Industry? What do you mean industry?" They're like, "Well, you grew up in a comedy club, you know a lot of people, blah blah blah. You know, you have a lot of knowledge. Uh, just speak at one of the that one of the panels." I go, "Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm gonna say." So we get to the we get to the festival, it's like 30 comics in the audience, and they're asking me these questions. And I'm just like, I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. I know I just knew a lot of I knew a lot of shit. I'm like, okay. And I, I felt like a lot of comics got a lot of good information. And I felt like I could do this festival in LA. I have the connects, the contacts, I have the comedians. And I said, not to hate on the big big pine conferences, it was great. But in L.A., it was a lot easier because a lot of the industry is already in L.A. Right. A lot of the industries in L.A., the celebrities are in L.A. I said, I can make this shit fucking dope. And pop. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, my first festival, 2018. Yeah. I go, I make some phone calls. I talk to Lucas Seeley, who, who runs the Big Sky Comedy Festival in Montana. Oh, nice. I call him. I go, hey, man, I need you to help me out. Just give me the freaking uh, breakdown of how this works. So, I hire him. As my uh, festival runner with Justine Cortez, who was running my, our website and all that, and Lucas is like, "Well, you need industry, so we call we call a bunch of people, call a bunch of connects there that they, we give them friggin' uh, food, drinks, and have them a, a chance to meet new comics, and they loved the idea. They came down, and then I put all the comics in the hotel. I paid for their hotel. Oh wow, yeah, I flew that's, comics. That's in. awesome. Flew, bro. We flew comics in from out out of, out of the out of the out of L.A. And we put them in a hotel and we organized it where we called it the rising stars, the rising stars. There was about 15 of comedians. So 15 comedians went up and showcased in front of a live audience, all packed nights, all the shows are packed. Industry was there bookers, managers. I had a comedy club from Sacramento, Laughs unlimited come out Harvey's oh in Portland, Vegas. Um, all my friends, I just, they all came down. We celebrated. And the best part of it all, the headliners of the shows, were Damon Wayne jr ken jong the hangover you know ken, yeah yeah
0: dr dr ken jong yeah Ken Jung
1: <laughs> um what's it called eric griffin brian callen um Holy dude like just shit. all-star lineup it was great Yeah, Danny a- kennedy it was fucking awesome and a lot of comics got bookings out of it i think one guy got steve colbert oh um, wow jesus they got a they got a cruise agent um just a lot of just it was a great it was a great 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 success and then we did it again in 2019 and then we were at a big one in 2020 and then covid hit
0: yeah that is actually oh god that was actually one of my questions uh how did the pandemic affect the haha ha comedy club the regular comedians at the haha ha comedy club and you personally
1: so the we were almost lost the club bro <laughs> cuz oh we, shit we were closed for two fucking years yeah. Two, 2 years and we were just building this huge debt and we weren't I don't think we were getting really we were getting very minimal help from the government because we got the employees got their the we were able to pay the employees some money and yeah. um, cover like the the small, small small stuff but we it was I had to get creative because my mom and dad were got sick. My mom got a stroke. Oh no. I, my dad was uh sick and he, they called me is like we need to do something with the club because they saw me I it didn't stop me. For the, the, the hustler to me, the yeah. co- COVID made me a fucking hustler. I was like, I, this ain't going to stop me. I would rent out freaking Airbnbs and do comedy shows in the hills. I would do comedy <laughs> ah, ah, yes! <laughs> I up, yes! I opened, up, I opened up my own comedy club and, I, and at different houses. I, I worked at, a, <laughs> at a different venues. Uh, my, my partner at the time was Rosalie Mayu. She's a comedian. Uh-huh. She had a house in the hills, and we did shows over there. And I, I built a bar. I caught a cover <laughs> charge. I had servers. I it was fucking. I mean, oh, by the way, so I don't get any in trouble for this. It was all donation.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Who who, who would all, be a monster enough to charge money during a pandemic? Yeah. They, they, no, it, of course it's donations. Of course.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean, because, yeah. like but, you guys but,
0: donated your time. You know, that's that's. I know. I get it. You guys are just trying to bring happiness during the pandemic. Exactly. It, exactly, you know?
1: exactly. And then uh, we did that for, I did that for like almost a year. And then my father was like, we need to open the club up again. We need to do something. So we built the patio stage and we started doing outdoor shows in the patio at the Haha. And we did that for a while now. My opening night, I booked Angela Johnson. Um, oh, wow. Angela Johnson. Who else is there? Oh, I'm Jessica Peluso, Jeff Ross, Mark Curry. And I got a huge support from the. I think oh. I think you were the first comedy club open in the pandemic. Wow, and that we were the last one to close. <laughs> My dad's like, well, "Stay open, stay open, <laughs> <laughs>
0: dude." That's awesome. That 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 sounds like a freaking comedy festival. That lineup right there. So yeah, that's that that that's pretty. Yeah. Or uh, but that that's that's cool. And I'm and I'm and I'm, and I'm, I'm just happy that the haha survived the comedy. I'm sorry, survive the pandemic because a lot of comedy venues, a lot of comedy shows, Goals independently down. produced shows, they're they're out they had to rebrand themselves or they just gave up and they're not doing it no more and like even like uh, the improv they started selling uh, meals there to go like they like they like they partnered up with some other business or whatever they're all owned by whatever major corporation yeah. and so like you know it's like oh we're now selling chicken sandwiches now and it's if you want to buy chicken sandwiches come by the improv and, buy, and I'm not talking shit about the improv but every single comedy club did different things in order to survive yeah. we, every- did at, we did that at the
1: haha too called we- I changed the, I put the food menu, our regular menu on um Grubhub and I called it Jack's. No, double, no, Senor Jack's. Senor Jack's <laughs> Mexican <laughs> restaurant. So people would order that food, but it would be from us. <laughs> it's the it's called the Ghost Kitchen. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I actually I, I
1: actually heard. learned that idea from the improv.
0: ha! <laughs> <laughs> and you see, and for the record, I wasn't talking shit. I was just saying that. Every club had different methods of doing things. I mean, like, you know, like, for example, like the the San Francisco Punchline, they started doing showcases via Zoom every Sunday. And so, like, you know, like what I had.
1: Fuck that, so hard. For
0: for the record, it's different than regular stand-up. But I actually thrived at that shit because I was part of a regular show where we had an audience of, like, 550 500 people 250 A shitty night was like 80 people in the crowd of non-comics watching the show yeah yeah. and like you know we had some few zoom bombers with the you know the flapping dicks and you know the, the titties and uh some a couple fucked during our show so we spotlighted them you know <laughs> I mean? so you know we had fun you know, we had a good time and I made a shit ton of money doing it. And that's the thing people, not a shit ton per se, but a shit ton for, for what you would think you would get paid for Zoom, which is
1: zero dollars. Yeah, so- I did. I started, I hated Zoom so much that I sold merch that said fuck Zoom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I never under, I never, uh, I never doubted the fact that you were a hustler. It's just with with every freaking subject that we touch, I'm just like, Yep, <laughs> need to think more like Jack. Jack definitely has a hustler immigrant mentality. Yeah. So which leads me to my next question. You're half Latino, you're half Middle Eastern. Do you do
1: Spanish comedy? I do do? could, but I don't.
0: Would you or have you had any Spanish comedy shows at
1: the Ha Ha? We've had Spanish comedy shows at the Ha. But I feel like it's a different beast. I mean, I could probably do five minutes, if anything, but I feel like I'm not true to myself when I'm doing it because I'm talking like this. I'm talking like, but not that my I don't sound like that. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Hey, 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 That that is that is your stage persona while you're doing comedy in Spanish. Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, sometimes, like, when I do impression of men in Spanish, I'm actually doing an impression of my dad. Yeah, yeah, And so it's just, like, in the way that I I, I normally speak in Spanish, it's like it's an, an Americanized Chilango version because my yeah. dad, he's from Mexico City. He's a Me Chilango. Too. So, I'm Mexico City. orale papi, orale. Orale. <laughs> you never call a Mexican papi unless you really <laughs> want him to be more <laughs> than a daddy. But anyway, no, it's, I do that to make Mexican men feel uncomfortable. But it's just like with the Latino shows, it's like it's like it's a different beast because uh, when I was four months into comedy, I got a professional comedian's number and they were kind of pissed off. I got their number. It's like, hey, listen, kid. You only been doing comedy for four months. I only got like I only got like really like two or three minutes max. I was like, I'm brand new to comedy. I want to start a Spanish comedy scene in the Bay Area. I don't know how to start a comedy scene in Spanish. Can you help me? Uh, so, like two hours later, he gave me the ins and outs of what to do and what not to do uh, as a comedian in Spanish. Like you can't do certain jokes in Spanish. Was this Can Richard Villa? Yes, <laughs> I knew it. Yes, Richard it was is
1: the one. Who's killing it? Oh, killing murdering, people. murdering, murdering! Like that. But it's because Spanish is his first language,
0: right? And so but, but it, it makes more sense, you know, right? And then like he also he worked with uh, Franco Esquimia. But and even so, before, even before, no, no, but, but
1: even before that. But I'm just saying oh, he's, oh, at level, he's at That's the level. He's at the level. he was such a great. He did my podcast. That's why he was such a great Latino comedian because he was Mexican. So he just had to like speak in English, but his English was sounded like amazing again. And then it was hilarious. So okay. when he transitioned to, back to Mexico, it wasn't like he was transitioning. It was basically he was being true to himself.
0: Right. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I found this out. Richard Villa is the one who helped coach uh, Tom Segura on how to do comedy in
1: Spanish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, then
0: Tom, and then Tom Segura has his own podcast in Spanish. Yeah, which is above and beyond. It's like holy shit. Okay. Because there's like, you know, the whole way, the, the 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 Latino scene is it's making a huge impact now. Our voices are starting to get heard a little bit more. Yeah. So what do you think we as Latino comics can do besides being hilarious? What can we do to be taken more serious in, in the industry? What can we do to help out Latino entertainers so we could get the spotlight? Because I feel that I have to work. 100 times harder than a white comedian just to get 5% of the attention they get.
1: I feel like it all starts with the people above. The Tom Seguras, the Cristel Alonzo, the George Lopez, the Gabriel Iglesias. I feel like these guys need to use their platform and showcase us, you know? Help right. us out. I mean, Gabriel did it with the uh, Stand Up Revolution on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I feel like it needs to start from up there. You know, these guys need to put us on their podcast. Show like, you know, like try looking out for the little guy. You know, I'm not even like big and I look out for the little guy, you know, and I'm going to continue to do that. And I feel like that's how it all starts from the top. That's the problem with Latino comics. I don't know what it is, but since I started, like they hate on each other so much.
0: Can I tell you why? Because I found out. I know why. I know why. Because it's like this, bro. Let me tell you something, man, between you and me, bro, in here, there's only one fucking Latino king of comedy and it's fucking me. Okay, bro. I'm the fucking king here. Nobody, no. You might be funny and do your little thing on stage, but there's only one king in here. But the thing where we're fucked up as, as a Latino community is why can't we all be Kings? Yeah. You know, that's Let's the let,
1: fucking problem
0: with let that. Culture, I see. Let, the,
1: let the culture be Kings correct
0: and queens and let us shine why does there only have to be just just one big latino comedian whether it's fluffy or george lopez or paul rodriguez or whoever it is at the time you know whoever's the big you know like people are coming up that that like you know and thank god they're coming up and they're getting the spotlight and recognition that they deserve and it's not and it's not an affirmative action hire it's a legit they are funny and they're they're getting the spots yeah i'm just saying like like as far as like what we're doing as comedians, you know, like I, I try not to denigrate. I mean, I make fun of everybody. Don't get me wrong. You know, I make fun of little Mexican kids with silver teeth. I mean, like I don't fuck around like, you know, with disrespecting the culture, though, because, you know, I don't think that shit's funny. So yeah. I'm just asking you from your experience, you know, being Latino, being a comedian for 13 years. Um, is there anything that Latino comedians can do? Like at like my level or like at, at, people without TV credits. Uh,
1: surround, who are, your, who are surround, you, surround yourself with everybody. Don't just be a Latino comic. Right. If, if you surround yourself with a white guy or a black guy or Asian or whatever, you're 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 extending our culture to someone else to their platform, and then they'll know about the Latino culture. And then I'm saying like we need a we need a I think we need to stop trying to like work so small like think bigger you know right. go do the black rooms go do the white rooms go to the improv go to the comedy store you know don't just do your little latino bar shows and think you're a fucking comedian <laughs> that's what i i i i, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> I'm sorry i know you ain't trying to be funny it's just no no i'm, I'm being serious I mean, like i know you need to grow up. i honestly when i started i used to be really hardcore latino comic i used to sell i love sucia t-shirts Cause I would only work, I would only work bar shows and around Latinos, which is fine when you're starting out. But if right. you grow as a comedian and extend and, and be further and bigger and be around the industry, you need to be around other comedians. And, and then once once you're around other comedians, bigger comedians, then you can help the Latino culture pop off. But I feel like what happens is these comics leave the Latino culture and they go into the improv, and they become like a white comic or whatever you want to call it. Mainstream. 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 And they forget (laughs) to bring back the culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do
0: absolutely know what you're saying. And then I've even... I'm not going to mention names, but like I've heard of very professional Latino comedians that, quote, used to be really funny back in the day before they became millionaires, end quote. So it's just like their whole lifestyle changes, the whole perspective changes. Like a lot of things change with money. So, like, then that's not just for comedians, it's just with any person that uh, um, does something professionally or otherwise where they earn a lot of money. People change, people change and lack of money changes people too. And so I'm just saying, you know, with, uh, uh being authentic and being on stage, do you have any type of advice to offer, uh, to be your true self on stage and taking chances?
1: I just feel like add up. If you're a newer comic, you're winning for like the first, if you're like in your first five years, probably whatever you're saying on stage right now, you're not going to do 10 years. Yeah. Your, your, your entire set right now, you're five years in, whatever you talk about right now is probably bullshit. Right. You're not, gonna, you're not true to yourself. What people want to know when you get off stage, what did I learn about Victor? What did I learn about Jack? You right. Know? If you're just talking about fucking general shit, it's not going to be work out for you. You need to talk about you, 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 you. When I get off stage, people find out about my ex-wife, my kids, my this and that. And that's how you know you're staying true to yourself because it's all... And no one can steal that. No one can steal those jokes. Everyone always talks, oh, that comic stole my joke. Well, that joke was fucking so general. Anyone could have thought it or it's just fucking simple hackiness, you know? You're talking about fucking diapers? Okay. Make it personal. Talk about my son's diapers did this. You know, just like, just make it be true to yourself and Keep trying. So whatever you're doing right now in your first five years, don't worry about it, right? Don't worry about it. Just keep writing. Keep getting up on stage and practicing, practicing, practicing. Bomb. Bomb a lot. Go up there and bomb. You know why? If you're bombing, that means you're freaking trying. You're. Tr- I bombed the other night because I tried a new joke. And I go, I, at home, I typed it out. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. And when I did it live, it didn't work. And then I bombed. And I was like, oh, fuck. I suck again. So, But then they, I said that on stage. And they all laughed. And then uh, the next night I did it again and it worked. So she said, you got to keep trying, change the uh, switch gears, go up there, talk like this then change it like this. And then just keep going, trying, 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 trying. It's OK to fail. All right. It's OK to fail. That's it.
0: Yeah, dude. And that's solid advice. It's OK to fail. It's OK. Dude, that is super solid, man, because that's the thing, because a lot of comics or a lot of or let me rephrase that a lot of people that go on stage. Might after performing a joke for the very first time ever, just like, oh, this joke is not funny and I'm dropping it as opposed to what you believe. Hey, this is funny. This is funny on paper. It bombed the first time, but you didn't give up on it. And now it's now it's good. Yeah. And that's that's also a point that don't. That if you believe in yourself and you really th- you know, you're hilarious and you know, this is funny. Find a way for people to make, to, to, to make it relatable so that they're rooting for you. So they, like you were mentioning, know about Jack, know about Victor after the show, like for reals, man. Like I recorded a clip from your club, from the show this past Friday, where I was talking about substitute teaching, where I got two rounds of applauses in like less than a minute. Right? Right, and, right. And it was like it was like I thought it was a pretty good set. I didn't post the whole thing, you know, that that ain't for everybody that you didn't pay. You didn't pay cover for that. I just let out a, just a little clip just to see what's what. And you know what I mean? Like, it, whatever. Like, but my point being is just that, like, it was a great place to 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 perform stand. And here's another leading to my next question. Um, adding videos of yourself performing. How has that affected your Instagram followers
1: and uh, ticket sales? It's helped like crazy. Like (laughs) I never, I never, I've been on Instagram forever. I've hired, uh, I bought like these expensive cameras to do sketches and this and that and nothing, bro. No one would follow me. I, I, I wrote sketches. I wrote, I did so much, so many, so I've done it. I've done it all. And nothing, no one would follow me. I would, I would always be at four thousand followers for like forever. I post flyers, I did all that. That shit didn't work. And then I, um, I noticed, I noticed um, who they talking to. I was talking to Gordo Mamón, Gordo mm-hmm. Mamón, Julian, and I go, bro, how do you have so many followers? I said, just post. He goes, just post. I go, what do you mean? I go, you post <laughs> fucking bullshit. <laughs> I go, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, just post, bro, just fucking post. I'm like, but I don't want to post shit like that. I said, I need to find. He goes, just post every day, no matter what. So I just started posting every day, every single day. I post one to three videos a day. Oh and wow! I, worked, I yeah, a day. So so I went back to my old clips and I'm like, what can I, I want to post a little crowd work clip. So I posted a little crowd work clip and it went viral. My first video I posted. It's on my Instagram. I don't, I, I roll. I don't trust hot girls.
0: <laughs> said, it went viral.
1: It, the whole joke is I don't trust hot girls. I asked this guy in the front row. I said, "Oh, are you married?" He goes, "Oh, she's at home." I go, "She's at home." "Oh, is she hot?" He goes, eh, "She's she's pretty hot." I love it. She's hot. It's not going to work out. I said, "You need to get a gordita. A gordita will never leave you. She might leave to get food, but she'll be back." <laughs> I posted that. It went viral. Two million views. And then I'm like, oh shit! So people want to see people want to see these little moments. So then I went back to all my clips and I started posting, 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 and. People love it. And these are all crowd work clips that I'll never, ever do again. Right. So now I start recording myself. And what's honestly what's helped me the most lately, it's helped me go, like, holy fuck, I need a clip to post tomorrow. So I go on stage and I write new jokes. Now I'm writing more material. Now I have a new 15 minutes because I'm forcing myself to do crowd work. But then out of that crowd work, I'm like, that's funny. I can recreate that and make it, a, make it my own joke. So that's what's been happening. And so it's helped that- a lot. I went from forty five hundred followers to thirty thousand followers in like the past four months,
0: dude. And that's amazing. And that's like, and 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 I could tell. And it's on
1: Instagram too. TikTok, it's very easy to get followers.
0: Okay, okay, okay. we're
1: so hard. No, no, I'm aware
0: of that. Like, I seriously, I was at nineteen thousand views, and that's uh, like that's like a, or twenty four thousand views or one. Of, I, I forgot how many it was. It was over fifteen thousand. And for me, I'm just you know, like, wow, that's fucking cool. I have, like, a 1,155 followers as of today. That's and, great. You know, and, dude, after your show, I got seven followers? There you go. From live, from live, not, not yeah. like, you know, not from my clip. And then from your clip, I got another seven. So it was just like, oh, shit. I got, I got, like, 13, 14 followers in the, yeah. past, two, in the past two days. From- hey, hold
1: on one second. Someone's at my door. One second. Yeah, yeah. No Pause problem.
0: it. No problem. Well, anyway, any rate, uh, we don't pause it here at Poppycock Podcast, so uh, <laughs> this is solid advice, and you know what? It's really great because like, the, the whole point about posting um, on the internet is to try to get eyes to look at you that normally might not otherwise see you, maybe people that don't go to comedy shows. So when you post these clips online, you're getting these new eyes that people haven't ever seen you before, and they'll give It'll give them maybe the thought that you know what i want to go see this person live because they're so funny and if you keep putting clip after clip after clip after clip where you're funny every single time then you know you're going to build a fan base it's going to affect your ticket sales in a, in a positive way and so that's why i wanted to know because like you know it's just and then also like a lot of comedy clubs will literally ask you how many followers do you have on social media how many followers uh, uh, subscribers do you have on uh youtube and they ask you all this other stuff it's just like oh what about my video though? like 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 isn't my video good enough? Nope, even if you're murdering it, it's just like what how many followers do you have on Instagram and Twitter and subscribers on YouTube? and it's just like so it becomes a little frustrating sometimes so um, you know it's like and every time you post a clip, you open yourself up to like I, I posted a joke about the Black Little mermaid and thank God, thank God there was only like two angry people and the rest were like, really like thought it was funny. Even like black people were giving me credit about how funny that joke was. So, you know what I mean? It was like one of those things where it's just like, you put yourself out there, you're vulnerable and, you know, you take that chance and hopefully, you know, people like it. And, and the reason why you're putting it out is because you believe in it and you know, it's funny and, you know, you want people to see that. So, you know, that's my whole point with the social media thing. Um, and so um, I also want to talk about, you uh, your your podcast comedy club confessions and um you stated that people name drop and talk about the grievances how do you get people to feel comfortable enough to talk about stuff that's going on in their lives and spill the beans
1: i I don't know i just i'm a very good salesman i'm armenian (laughs) (laughs) i got you to mention edwin's name <laughs> well
0: yeah well it wasn't well he was he wasn't talking shit it was a backhanded compliment but you know it was it was really backhanded but i mean like it wasn't but it was like a nice way of saying we thought you were gonna suck and you were funny
1: yeah. And I was just
0: <laughs> but yeah man um yeah jack i'm actually having trouble like hearing I you just yeah. You're like freezing up and stuff. So like I, I might be an <laughs> internet connection. Yeah, I really like, oh yeah. No, no, it's okay. For those of you at home uh, listening audially, Jack is showing me a uh, beautiful backyard. <laughs> and uh, just, I, have a, I just
1: moved into this new place and they're, they're here to do stuff. That's why I got to go oh. soon. Oh no, no. You're,
0: you're great. You're great. Um, And yeah, let's be respectful of your time um, because um, what's it called? We're I like wa- an hour now, right? Yeah, we're like in an hour. So um, what's it called? I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I definitely I definitely do want to recommend that you all go to the Ha Ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood. Check out my boy, Jack. Check out uh, Jack online. He's going to this week. He's going to be at the I'm last fact- on tour.
1: i I'm on tour. tour right now. I got some dates. Jack's I'm in Dallas. I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I'm in um, Edmonton, Canada. I'm in Minnesota. I'm in Austin. I'm I'm working the Carnival Cruise in the Miracle. I'm on Norwegian, the newest ship, in December. I'm in Vegas, New Year's Eve. Ooh, baby,
0: that's hot. All right. Well, listen, Jack. I want to post all of those links in the bot in, in, in this episode for the description, so people can just click and follow you, click and go to your to your website. Thank you. And so. I'm going to make sure that all that's done because the people really need to come to your shows. You're really, really funny, hilarious comedian. Not only that, you're very humble. You're very generous with information and advice about the business. So if there's there's anything else you want to
1: promote, um, follow me on Instagram. I post videos every single day. And when I get trolled, talk shit to them because I get trolled all the time, but I love the trolls because it creates more views. So if you're trolling me, I don't give a shit. Watch <laughs> it. Go and talk shit. I love it. But also, it hurts my feelings sometimes. <laughs> someone, called me, <laughs> someone Sorry. called me a deadbeat dad. I'm like, I'm not a fucking deadbeat dad. Are you crazy? Just say to do a child support joke, and I'm like, dude, I have, I got four kids. I take care of all of them, and I love them very much. So just follow me, and that's it. Yeah, dude. Well, do, well, follow
0: Jack, and know he's not a deadbeat dad. He's a good dad, and he's a great comic. And thank so you. I really want you guys and gals and non-binaries to make sure to follow Jack. And Jack, I want to thank you very much for your time and thank everything. You, I'm going to do my outro promo. So if you got to leave, I totally go, brother. All right, Bye, we'll brother. Thank you, brother. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jack Jr. Right. Make, sure to, make sure to follow him and make sure to go to Harvell's in Long Beach, California. It happens every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, it's a really fun show it's comedy show and burlesque it's a it's really reasonably priced with a two drink minimum it's really fun it's a lot and I'm not just saying that because I'm there every second and fourth Tuesday but guess what I'm there every second and fourth Tuesday it's a fun show Uh, it's always funny there's always a lot of um, um, great burlesque dancing with a lot of different routines and it's just really a good time so check out uh, future shows uh, on instagram at long beach comedy all one word or long beach uh, so that's for our sponsor and so for me if you guys could check me out at hispanictitanic.com that's my website and on social media it's puro papi pacheco p-u-r-o-p-a-p-i-p-a-c-h-e-c-o uh, we want to thank you very much for listening to this episode we hope that You got a lot out of it, because I know I did, uh, with a lot of useful information to make myself and anyone listening into a better professional comedian. So we want to thank uh, Mr. Jack Jr. once again for his time. And we hope you guys will continue listening, share with your friends and let everybody know about this podcast. And here's the commercial I pre-recorded. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do your boy a favor. Tell your friends. Tell your cool family members. Tell your cool coworkers. Let them know about the podcast. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And be sure to follow me on all social media, Puro Papi Pacheco. And check out my website at hispanictitanic.com for future dates.
1: Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day.